Welcome to the Coach's Plan Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Milani. And for those of you tuning in on September 30th, 2020, happy Concussion and Sport Awareness Day in New Brunswick. The name is a mouthful, but the cause is important. Coach New Brunswick, along with the Network for Safe Sport and Recreation in New Brunswick, have been working towards a provincial-wide concussion awareness campaign to get the conversation started around acute head injuries in sport. Now, some of you may be familiar with Rowan's Law. In 2016, Rowan Stringer, a high school student uh, and rugby player from Ottawa, passed away from second impact syndrome, which was caused by multiple concussions sustained within a short period of time. Um, Rowan's death sparked a national conversation around concussion awareness and brought forward Rowan's Law and a plan to implement more concussion education for parents, coaches, athletes, and teachers uh, to prevent anything like this from happening again. Uh, in 2019, federal, provincial, and territorial ministers responsible for sport, physical activity, and recreation met to formalize a stance on a, the prevention of harassment, abuse, and discrimination in sport. Now, this conversation led partially to a special focus on concussion awareness in sport and the need for a national initiative to educate the public. And from there, the concussion and sport awareness days, uh, weeks, months were born. In New Brunswick, we would like to take this day to center the conversation around our teams, communities, and families affected by concussions and how to educate each other uh, through the rehab process and through the signs and symptoms. Of course, we've known about concussions from before 2016. Uh, however, I think right now, more than ever, the Canadian sports system is uh, posed very well to have this conversation. Uh, which brings me to today's guest. Uh, Kay Mills is an alpine ski coach who suffered her own concussion, uh, which ultimately caused her to retire from ski racing. She's here to talk about the culture of concussion education and alpine ski and what roles a coach can play in an athlete's rehabilitation plan. Uh, a side note, we will be mentioning multiple resources that have been endorsed by the Network for Safe Sport and Recreation in New Brunswick, uh, the links of which you'll be able to access in our show notes on this episode or find them on the CoachMB website at www.coachmb ca forward slash concussions um welcome to the podcast Kay. hey ashley thanks for having me no problem also <laughs> i tend to go on tangents and rants so i'm sorry if you never know if it's your cue because i'm just gonna keep talking and rambling so feel free to interject over me at any point in time because i don't know when to shut up that's totally fine i love listening <laughs> okay cool maybe i should talk a little bit on the podcast though Ma maybe that's maybe yeah, the reason why we game. had you on <laughs> Um, so I'll let you, I'll let you take a second to introduce yourself. Um, where are you from? What sports have you done in the past? What sports do you coach now? Uh, yeah, the floor is yours. Very cool. Uh, yeah. So my name's Kay. Uh, I'm from Fredericton, New Brunswick. I grew up here, uh, playing mainly volleyball and alpine ski racing as well. Uh, dabbled a little bit in the rowing community of late. Um, and uh, I'm also an alpine ski racing coach, uh, for the provincial team, uh, right now. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So as an athlete, what was your experience around concussion awareness? Did coaches talk about concussions? Did uh, the school talk about concussions to you guys as student athletes? Was it just a silent issue? So um, it was funny earlier um, when we were just chatting before we started, you were saying that concussions have grown in prevalence in the past 20 years, um, which is 100% true. But I feel like I went to high school at the time where they really started booming and there was like almost a medical shift in the industry as well um, that was able to support what was actually happening um, in athletes' heads when they got injured. Uh, so um, I guess even as I was recovering from a personal concussion, um, 
the literature and the approach within the volleyball community changed significantly over three, four years. Um, so I think it's like, it's definitely a, a growing science uh, and the awareness is growing with it, which is a great thing, um, especially in a volleyball community like in New Brunswick, where it's so tight knit and so interlocked with um, strength and conditioning, nutrition, all of these other things. There was a very, a very comprehensive tie-in to being able to to support athletes that were that were going through such a big shift. So, oh, that's awesome! I, yeah. I had no idea that it would have that full like IST, like the integrated support team around around that piece. I think that's really cool. Um, so then you, you say you noticed even a change over the course of like three or four years, not just like kind of like this, like gradual, like conversation that like grew louder and louder. It was just like all, would you say it was more just like boom overnight? Well, so, I mean, having a concussion is an acute injury, right? So when you, when you sustain a concussion, it kind of like, it wakes you up to what's going on in that field. Mm. Same deal. If you sprain your ankle, um, you don't realize how much you can use that ankle uh, or right. before, before you need to not use it, right? Um, so it's kind of the same deal. So I woke up to it um, partway through high school. Um, but I think it did make me realize that um, there was like a very significant shift in the way that it was being approached um, before, you know, 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. And would you say, um, what would you say like the team, the support was like from your volleyball teammates and coaches we'll get to, we'll get to the alpine ski in a moment but I, I want to stay on volleyball for a second yeah of course um i was pretty lucky i grew up playing reds volleyball uh when i was a kid shout out uh <laughs> and the the girls i grew up with were um amazing and honestly lifelong friends of mine uh so i feel really grateful to have grown up in that environment um the other thing is that um i mean that's probably i attribute my volleyball coaches a lot to to why I coach, uh, like as an adult, uh, just because they embodied sports so well um, and were so inclusive and made it feel so natural that I felt like that was something that I could do and wanted to be a part of when I was a grown up. So, um, and especially having been concussed uh, through my athletic career, um, they did such a great job of just making sure I was always included um, in in team events, uh, in practices, in being able to participate. However that whatever that looked like on a given week, um, they were always open to, you know, having me be a part of the team. Mm -hmm. uh, even when I was in grade 12 and it was an ap apparent that I likely wasn't going to play ever again, um, my, the U18 Reds coach, uh, Jeff Maybe, was just so kind to me and brought me on. I, I took stats. I hung out. I, you know, I did all, I was basically a glorified water girl. <laughs> um, but it was, um, I think that's something that's really important, especially for for young athletes to be able to be integrated into their communities as best they can, regardless of um, like just a new cognitive status or w whatever the case is. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess just like the sense of community can be lost when you have a concussion as well. Um, especially when you grow up identifying as an athlete. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think it's pretty sweet that, um, you know, that the adults in my life uh, and my teammates as well, were able to recognize that that's something that was that was necessary regardless of um of how my actual participation had changed um so and i think that's something that's quite widespread now um is people are becoming very cognizant of the social impacts of a concussion uh and it's it's been a great thing because i think you can see um 
you can see sport organizations, schools, uh, I mean, you know, theater programs and every, everything under the sun is finding a way to accommodate participation and meet you where you're at. So pretty cool. That's, that's great. I was going to say, I, I, I know a couple um, teammates and classmates of mine from like high school years, university years uh, that had suffered the concussion. And that was like the biggest piece I always heard from them was just like how socially isolating it can be and especially that loss of identity I think you touched on a really great point even for an athlete who uh isn't concussed or hasn't yeah hasn't um suffered some sort of like cognitive change anytime you kind of leave sport as an athlete whether that's a different kind of injury or for any other kind of reason it's like a really hard shift like there's um the Canadian Sports Center Atlantic uh, has a really amazing staff who who work on um, this thing called Game Plan. It's about helping athletes transition out of sport into other aspects of life, especially coming from a really high performance environment. Um, and it's a really hard shift for everyone. So for someone who, for, especially for a teenager who's like grappling with like a like kind of like a change of identity um, when sport has been their whole life, to see that they're their community that they've that's uh, brought them up and that they've grown up in aren't like abandoning them in their in their time of need is I think so so key to like helping um, strong individuals grow through community regardless of ability or or injury or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually, that's funny that you say that. Um, there, one of my favorite books is called Legacy by James Kerr, mm-hmm. um, and it's about. Uh, it's a case study that he wrote as a salesperson um, on the New Zealand All Blacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of talks about like how, yes, we constantly are bombarded by all these things that if you grow up as an athlete, you will cre- create life skills to be a better person and stuff like that. Um, but like in contrast, being a better person also makes you a better athlete, I guess, was his approach to it anyway. Um, but I think we take a we take for granted a lot that like, yes, sport is an amazing environment in which to grow up and you're like, you're able to get so much out of it that you can use that is transferable. But I think it's cool that um, the Canadian Sports Centre Atlantic is doing some game plan stuff uh, Mm -hmm. like that, because we do take for granted how much of a shift it is, regardless of how well you think you're equipped when you have the, the identity portion of that as well. um, It, it feels like you're not. Um, able to handle those things right so Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty cool that um, that they're taking that on and uh, like addressing something I wonder if uh, I wonder if that they're not just working with like high performance athletes but also like injured athletes and that sort of thing yeah I think for for the most part their their main mandate is around high performance but uh, okay uh, I don't know if they're if they're willing to like look outside that that scope i mean i know they're already super they're swamped they're they're swamped as it is yeah. but big shout out to my colleague megan donahue wise uh with game plan at csca uh thank you for everything you do um i don't think she listens to this podcast it's fine she won't hear oh that's okay well i'll tell her anyway <laughs> megan you're amazing <laughs> maybe she will listen now <laughs> um nice okay let me let me try and get back on track to my yeah sorry we're digressing (laughs) no this is this is perfect this is exactly what I wanted to talk about um so maybe let's go back over to Alpine then so how long have you been or when did you start ski racing and then uh like when did you shift over into coaching uh I started ski racing when I was 10 
I remember that because I was in the fourth grade and I went to Edmonton, New Brunswick for the first time <laughs> in my life to ski at Mount Fairline for a race. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I was pretty young, uh, which was sweet because it meant that I grew up in the same sport for a very long time. And as much as volleyball is a tight knit community, alpine skiing is even tighter. Uh, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, I, I grew up ski racing, uh, you know, won a couple races, lost a couple races, uh, but also had uh, some pretty cool opportunities to compete out uh, like at the Whistler Cup, which is an international event uh, and the Canada Games. Anyway, so when I got concussed around uh, 15 or 16, uh, I took a few years off skiing because um, I wasn't able to for a little while. Um, and coaching seemed like uh, the best opportunity to be able to to get involved in uh, the sport that I grew up in and give back to the community that basically raised me, right? Uh, so I was really uh, stoked to just, you know, take my my entry-level courses and, and get going. Uh, and it sort of just grew from there. Uh, and I'm so grateful that it did, actually. Nice. Um, Kay was the uh, was the uh, assistant coach at the Canada Games in 2019. And I was going to say, I can't even remember what year it is. Honestly, this year has <laughs> time. Time is a flat circle right now. I, I don't even know what what month we're in at, at this point but we don't um, talk about 2020 it's yeah okay. 2020 is just gonna get wiped from the record board but 2019 was a great year Canada Games um lot, lots of fun things in twenty. yeah absolutely um when you got concussed what was the response like from the Alpine community where, where was the support there what was that like uh the Alpine community was pretty great to me to be honest uh it wasn't an injury that occurred to me uh on hill uh, mm-hmm. on the track. So, um, I guess the approach was different, right? It wasn't as hands-on, um, especially being the summer months, uh, when this happened. Uh, but, uh, I think everyone was, uh, was very, I guess, just cognizant and understanding of immediately, uh, of the impact and understanding that, I guess, it just made sense to everybody that I was going to be done for life, unfortunately. Wow. Um, just because, um, just because of like the concussion awareness protocols around alpine skiing, um, not only like in the formal sense, like through the NCCP and stuff like that, but we've unfortunately had um, like quite a few deaths in the last little while um, oh my God. Scored, uh, on the World Cup and on the the Noram circuit as well. Uh, so it's just, uh, you know, when it's a dangerous sport, you kind of you have an appreciation for the serious impacts of something. Yeah. Uh, so when, when I was out for good, uh, there was no questions asked. Everyone was just as supportive um, and really respected and encouraged the decision actually, as much as, you know, sport is so great. Um, and ideally, especially like as a young female athlete, because we, tr- we traditionally tend to fall off the map a little bit earlier than some of the male ones do. Um, you know, it'd be nice to stay in the sport for as long as you possibly mm-hmm. can and, you know, and see where that can go. But uh, it's also important to acknowledge that when you're done, you're done. And there's no shame in that either, mm-hmm. right? You can still be a part of your sporting community and give back and be involved without having to be a competitive athlete. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, I, yeah, I mean, you're basically sending late teenagers flying down the hill at like however many kilometers an hour. Um, so I imagine like with that comes like a pretty pretty serious understanding of of the consequences if things go wrong so 
I mean, that's great to see that this that the community was like immediately accepting and and we're trying to figure out ways to support you through through your trend uh, through your recovery. Um, yeah, I had no idea that it led to so many deaths on the on the international circuit. So that's crazy. That really kind of puts it into a new perspective of like, okay, no, we're really going to take this injury seriously because like there are like the absolute worst consequences that could come from it if we don't. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the FIS, uh, like governing body for uh, international skiing, uh, which trickles down all the way through like Alpine Canada, Alpine New Brunswick. Those are just all guidelines that we need to follow. Um, they update their, um, their helmet regulation every single year. Um, so, uh, it's a, it's a very common saying in Alpine ski racing, no sticker, no start. Uh, (laughs) so if you don't have, uh, the sticker on your helmet, um, like a safety rating, yeah, safety rating on your helmet, uh, at the start gate, you get pulled. Um, which is, uh, which is a really good thing actually. Um, as much as, you know, it doesn't feel great at the time. It's awesome to know that the entire, international community is like on the same page when it comes to how how well equipped you need to be to handle our sport yeah absolutely so so you started skiing when you were 10 years old um do you think any of these like concussion education pieces like were made really like apparent to you as a 10 year old or do you think you only kind of clued into like your coaches talking about concussions and and your teammates talking about concussions until you're older yeah, I think it's something that I clued into when I was a little bit older, for sure. Um, yeah. Like having, I, I coach the provincial team, uh, but I also uh, work like as uh, like a snow stars coordinator up uh, at the Crab Mountain Race Club. Uh, so I do work closely with like our younger athletes as well. Um, and we really try to put the focus on just like learning to love the sport, um, mm-hmm. which you have to do at any grassroots level, anything beyond just enjoying yourself at that level is just a bonus that's like that's the big win there uh mm-hmm. in like our opinion and our philosophy anyway uh so i guess as you progress through the sport there is a certain like education component that goes with the dangers of you know track safety uh taking care of your equipment so it doesn't malfunction um like with any sport right you have to take care of your gear you have to take care of yourself uh when you're in that environment right there is mm-hmm. there's certain safety aspects as as I'm sure you know, you know, working around pools and the water and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but um, at the end of the day, it's it's always an evolving process too. So what we know about concussions and how we re- respond to them uh, when I was 10 is not the same as being 20 and having that, um, just having so much more on the map uh, right. in terms of concussion awareness, right? No, um, that's, so, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I'd love to think that eventually it'll trickle down a little bit to our younger athletes. Um, but I think it's our job as coaches, right. To just recognize the signs anyway. So, yeah. So, um, you and your coaching colleagues up at crab and with the uh, provincial team, like, um, what kind of training do you guys get? And then how do you decide like how to share that with the team or the community? Yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, um, aside from the, like the mandated stuff through the NCCP making headway um, and like prevention and recovery, um, which is another great course that I actually took this year. Um, nice. Shout out Wayne Pero. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think Wayne listens either, but I'll, I'll tell him you said, thanks. you know what? I would love to, <laughs> man, I'd love to see Wayne again. That guy, he's very great. Yeah. Anyway. 
Um, so aside from those, those, those courses, it really does just come from, uh, you know, having Alpine Canada release some, you know, a statement or um, having like something hit a little too close to home, unfortunately, um, that just prompts a little more awareness within our community. Um, and I think, I think stories matter too, right? Unfortunately, because we have such an inherently dangerous sport, um, everyone has a close call or, uh, or an experience with something that was a little bit too scary. And that's part of the process. So as coaches, we're trained to, um, I don't want to say deescalate, but just put those scary um, or to manage it almost. Yeah. To manage those, like what can be a very emotional experience um, to manage them a little bit, a little bit better and put them into perspective and allow you to keep appreciating the sport for what it is or put your actions into perspective as to what might've put you in danger. It's, it's something that's part of the coaching process, regardless of how to make things better. Uh, I think that's what we can boil it down to anyway. So um, I think in general, um, our concussion awareness doesn't stem from uh, the NCCP. It stems from more like a community approach to just like taking care of ourselves a little bit. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Like I, the NCCP has really great, uh, like a couple of really great modules around it. They have the e-learning course, they have the prevention recovery, as you mentioned, but there are so many organizations out there who are doing such focused work in this area too that I, I would be remiss not to shout out like Parachute Canada, um, the new uh, NB, NB Trauma uh, is a huge one. They have tons of resources uh, that are available to them. Um, there's one from BC called CAT, uh, C-A-T-T, the Concussion Awareness Training Tool. That's really good. They have a, a little e-learning module um, and some resources as well that you can kind of take with you onto field to help kind of like help recognize signs and symptoms. Um, can't remember which one of them is, but there's like, they have like this little pocket card that has like, it's basically like a laminated card that would fit in your back pocket that has like on one side, like know the signs and symptoms. And on the back side, it's like what to do if you suspect a concussion. And it's like a really great little tool to have with you. Um, actually, if you contact, I do know if you contact New Brunswick uh, Trauma, they will have uh, some available. Uh, I, I know because they've been offloading a whole bunch to me. So I guess likewise, if you co contact Coach NB, we definitely have extra resources that we're happy to share for free with the community. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, lastly, Kay, um, we've talked a lot about like your experience as an athlete and a coach kind of coming up through two different types of sports and like, uh, and like attitudes around concussion management and awareness. What would be your advice for coaches working with athletes recovering from a concussion? Uh, can I actually flip that question on its head a little bit? Sure. Uh, okay. Very cool. Um, so as much as I think I touched on this a little bit earlier um, when we just first started chatting about how the social and community aspect of recovering from a concussion is so important. Um, it's, it's a big part of being able to, to manage your symptoms and manage that, like that change that's happening, uh, regardless of whether it's a week long concussion or a year or a permanent thing, right? It's, um, it's just something that needs to be um, taken on a responsibility almost as the coach, as the leader of a team uh, and step up and say, okay, here's how we can include you. Um, and we're gonna meet you where you're at uh, with, with respect to that as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the biggest thing, uh, it, my personal takeaway anyway, from having dealt with concussions as a coach, um, is that 
it's important to recognize that it's not your job to diagnose a concussion. It's not your job to, Mm -hmm. um, it's not your job to make the big calls, but what it is your job to do is just, just pull them, right? If you suspect anything, just pull them, get them assessed and go from there. It's your job to be responsible for, um, for preventing, right? So regardless of whether they do end up having an injury or, um, they don't remember it or whatever the case is, it's just, it's your job to, to just take a minute and say, okay, as much as, you know, you're going to miss this play or uh, you're going to miss this race. We just need to get you checked out because that's the bigger, that's the bigger picture issue. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I recently just retook the, the making headway module from the NCCP just so I could re-familiarize myself with the content. And it's, it's cool in the sense that I think they did a really good job of um, putting all of the, uh, kind of like the signs and signs and symptoms and the steps to follow in a concussion uh, kind of like rehab um, I don't want to say like rehab program but like how you would deal with it going forward with your team I, they did a really good job of putting it into that ethical context so uh, basically every single question is just like but the parent came up to you and said that the kid's fine or that they like I the kid the, the parents came up and said I'm the kid's doctor and like I say it's okay for her to go back on the field and like it's your job to just say no like like it just can't, can't came back to that every single time it was just like it's your job to pull them it's your job to get them off the field get them to a safer like safer place get them checked out and I think you totally hit the nail on the head we're coaches we're experts in sport we're experts in like these like technical fields um we're not doctors and even if you are a doctor I don't think it's necessarily a good idea to be diagnosing your athletes on field because there's that conflict of interest there and I think it's just better for everyone to have kind of that second that second look yeah um second opinion um yeah get the doctor to get the medical clearance follow the return to return to sport return to school plays um sorry the return to the, the return to school and then the return to sport protocols like, yeah, your job is not to be the medical expert in this. There's like so many people who have like very intense training in this, in this kind of field and let them do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like you say, right, there is, it's not always going to be fun. There's going to be, there's going to be parents involved. There's going to be other things that you can't control of this athlete's recovery. Um, and that can be overwhelming as a coach in itself to just not have all the power over what's about to go down. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, like as an example, last year at Canada Games, we were uh, at Nakiska um, and these athletes had been training for quite some time. Uh, and it was the first time that we'd actually had uh, a jump on on the mountain uh, for a super G track, um, which is a speed event that we don't race very much in New Brunswick. Um, so one of my athletes is going over this jump and unfortunately, had a, quite the crash. Um, Gabby Bossard, if you're listening to this, you bailed really hard, girl. <laughs> like, it was big. It was very large. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm standing at the jump and I see this happen and she like absolutely cases it, right? Um, and she gets down to the bottom and she's ready to go for another run. And unfortunately, um, you know, I had to say, listen, we saw the crash and like, you're not, you're not good to go. Yeah. Um, which was, which was unfortunate, right? You, as an athlete, you train for something, an event for like years and years 
um, and to have it be taken away from you in a split second with an acute injury is is painful regardless if it's a if it's a head injury or a knee or whatever it is right um, but we took her in and she was diagnosed with a concussion um, and that's just that's the important part right you have to be able to to trust your gut and say you know what this doesn't feel right it's my responsibility as a coach to to provide just all the information and make sure that I'm taking care of of my people, my community, right? Um, so as long as you can do that and let the professionals who have this extensive training take it from there, then you're doing your duty and making sure that you're giving everything you possibly can to the sport. Very well said, Kay. I think that's all the questions I have on my end. Uh, if you have any other thoughts that you'd like to add in or like directions that we haven't taken it in yet, feel free to, to add, add your thoughts. No, I think you covered everything. Uh, cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no. Thanks so much for coming on this morning. Um, I know it's bright and early for, for us, uh, but I, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, and uh, thanks to everyone else who's, who's listening in. Uh, make sure in, in celebration of New Brunswick Concussion Awareness Day in sport uh, that, you're, that you're taking your learning modules, uh, you're bugging us for those pocket cards, uh, and that you're just taking time to have like a very honest conversation with your sport community, whether that's your coach or your athlete or the parents in your life or the volunteers in, the, in your community um, so that everyone's on the same, same track and that uh, athlete safety is kind of at that forefront um, and that nobody's kind of scrambling in case something does come up. Um, we're all about that preparation here at the Coaches Mind Podcast. Um, and on that note, uh, everybody stay safe, wear your masks, wash your hands, enjoy your time at practice, and uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs>